Today, I'm going to talk about the Christmas tree. You can see a little, little subheading under there, gathered into the tree. Now, normally you would think, you know, we, we gather around a tree, which we do, you know, at, at Christmas time, in the, if you've got a Christmas tree in your, in your lounge room or wherever it is, you'll gather around the tree and there's gifts. And, but here I'm talking about we're gathered into the tree. And you can see I've got italics there, the Christ tree or the Christmas tree. And um, one of the things that I've never done properly, because um, I mentioned earlier in this service that there was a guy last year at Christmas who come here and he was, he was saying some terrible things about, well, really, about the, the Christmas tradition. Um, not that, you know, I get all that excited about tradition, but, but what he was saying was that, you know, there's churches everywhere around the world with Christmas trees on their stages, and he was calling it idolatry. You know, like as if this tree was some symbol of, of a, a pagan thing. And so this happened last year in this building, and I just wanted to publicly, this Christmas, say that when we gather around a Christmas tree, well, we actually physically don't have a Christmas tree. I could go get the dusty one out of the storeroom in the back, but it makes me sneeze and my eyes water. Um, so I'll leave it there. And um, when we gather around a Christmas tree, we're gathering around Christ. Oh, but it's more than that. Because the tree, and we're going to talk a little bit about trees today, and, and who actually owns the symbolism. You know, this guy last year was, was talking about how, you know, the tree, you know, in history, you know, how that particular symbol was a pagan one. And for a little while it was. I read into it a little bit last year and it's, you know, it doesn't take too long to, to dismiss it. But for a little while it was. But, but hang on a minute. Who actually owns the symbolism? You know, that, that pagan use of it, that came along much, much later. And so we're going to have a look at Christmas and the Christmas tree and see what happens. Now here's a photo. Does any of boy, you boys know who that is? Oh, well, that's me, that one. Yeah, that's Jethro. So th this is actually recent. It's not a very good quality photo, but that's what happens when you email it to yourself for messenger. Um, you know, but this is precious. Here we are putting some lights, arranging some lights on a, on a Christmas tree. And that's my first grandson. And we're gathered around the tree. And, and it's, it's a beautiful thing. I, you know, I could tear up if I think about it too much. But family, you know, the Christmas is a wonderful time for families. And it's especially a wonderful time for, for children. And, you know, well, it should be. It's not, it not, it's not always is. But we'll go on. So, so I thank God, you know, for my family and for Christmas time. And we can gather around a Christmas tree. But, but let's just have a quick look at actually who owns the symbolism and, and what it actually means. You know, here is the first mention in scriptures with regard to a tree. And this was at the very beginning. 
the creation of the world. Genesis 2.9, here it says, And out of the ground the Lord God made to spring up every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. The tree of life was in the midst of the garden and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So it was the Lord God Almighty who planted the trees, he created the trees, and he put the tree of life right there in the midst of the garden. Now you will remember what happened after Adam and Eve sinned. Boys, do you remember what happened after Adam and Eve sinned with regard to the tree of life? What happened? Do you remember from the story? Adam and Eve sinned and oh well they sinned but what about the tree of life were adam and eve allowed to go to the tree of life no they were not they weren't allowed to go and so so emphatic was the lord that they weren't allowed to go was that there was you know angel flashing swords they were put out of the garden so they couldn't have access to that tree that tree is christ if you, you know, when you look through the, the scriptures, and we'll discover a little later, that tree is Christ, the tree of life. So in terms of the symbology, this is my public declaration to refute what was said last year into the spiritual realm. Christ owns the symbolism and the, the tree, when we gather around a Christmas tree, it is not a pagan act. No, it's, it's a Christian act because the Lord Jesus Christ is Lord of all, and he owns this symbolism. And no, no pagan, no unclean spirit, no one who, who is subject to fear um, gets to decide where the symbolism comes from. No, it comes from the Lord. In the first instance, it's God's. And we'll, we'll carry on. Now, later on, there's some things that were included in the law. Now, you have a look at this. It says in Joshua 8, verses 30 and 31 and so joshua's building an altar it says at that time joshua built an altar to the lord the god of israel on mount ebal just as moses the servant of the lord had commanded the people of israel as it, as it is bit written in the book of the law of moses an altar of uncut stones upon which no man has wielded an iron tool and they offered on it burnt offerings to the lord and sacrificed peace offerings and the reason why I've put this in there is, is it's another th wonderful thing about a Christmas tree. Now, I'm not necessarily talking about the plastic ones you go and buy from the supermarket, but in the first instance, when they, you know, you go out into the field and you cut down a tree, well, you might have to leave it in a pot, you might dig it out and put it into a pot. But the thing is that it's not something that's fashioned by human hands. The tree itself is, is God's creation. Nobody knows how it grows. We can put a plant seed in the ground. We've worked that out as mankind. And we can plant the seed and we can water it. And because of experience, you know, and we can add fertilizer. And all this is because of, you know, trial and error over, over a long time. But we have no idea how it grows. God makes it grow. You know, scientists nowadays have dug down into it and, you know, they can tell you all the different parts of a seed and, you know, which, which bits are what. And they can give them names. 
You know, they can even, you know, pull the DNA out of it and, and try and create new things. But all that information already existed. They don't know where the information come from and they can't create the information that's in the seed because God put it there. And it's been that way since the beginning. And so here, when we gather around a Christmas tree or we gather around the Lord, it doesn't come from human hands. It doesn't come out of our imaginations. It's not something that we have created ourselves as our own God. No. No, that's something the pagans would do. No. We, the tree itself, is God's creation. It's wonderful. And so it's beautiful. That was just a little aside. Let's have a look at this other thing. Let's, this is a... You'll, you'll be familiar with this scripture when I read it. This is Isaiah 11, verses 1 to 4. And there shall come forth a shoot from the stump of Jesse, and a branch from his roots shall bear fruit. Now, if there's a stump, that means that there's a tree. If there's roots, it means that something, you know, is growing. It's, it's alive in the ground. And it says here, I'll just carry on. It says, And the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. So this is the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon this thing that's coming forth out of the stump of Jesse. The Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the Spirit of wisdom and understanding, the Spirit of counsel and might, the Spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. And his delight shall be in the fear of the Lord. He shall not judge by what he sees, what his eyes see, or decide disputes by what his ears hear. But with righteousness he shall judge the poor and decide with equity for the meek of the earth, and he shall strike the earth with his rod of his mouth, and with the bread of his lips he shall kill the wicked. So here we have, this is speaking of Christ. And Christ is coming out of something that is of a tree. So here is another passage of scripture, a wonderful promise talking about that which God had already set in place. It's God's idea. And out of that root, out of that stump, would come Christ. He is the, the tree. To use a New Testament uh, illustration, John 15, 5 says, Jesus says of himself, he says, I am the vine, you are the branches. Here we have a stump. You know, it seemed as though something was cut off. And, well, there was. If you go through church history and the history of Israel and all these other things, but God's plan was never cut off. Jesus Christ was always in his heart. And here it says so. The sevenfold spirit of God would be upon Christ and Christ grows up as as the tree or as the vine you know and we are attached what does John 15 5 say it says if you abide in him or remain in him and that's that's the idea and it's not something that we can create and it's not something that we actually provide anything to except you know we we're branches so we are what God uses to produce fruit and to be a blessing into the whole world. But, but he's the source, he's the supply, 
Let's read this one. Galatians 3, 12 to 14. But the law is not of faith. Rather, the one who does them shall live by them. It says, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is anyone who is hanging on a tree. So that in Christ Jesus, the blessing of Abraham might come through the Gentiles, so that we might receive the promised spirit through faith. So this is a different way of looking at, you know, a tree. Here we have, we're thinking about the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ was crucified on a tree. But the reason why this is important in scripture is there's, there's, there's a couple of concepts which I'll bring out here. It says, cursed is anyone who's hung on a tree. But Jesus was cursed for us. Jesus came and we don't have to suffer the curse of sin because he did on our behalf. And this is a wonderful thing. But then... There's this, this concept here, it says, so that in Jesus Christ the blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles. It says, so that we might receive the promised spirit through faith. This is a wonderful thing. Not only did Jesus take on the curse and become a curse for us, but he's provided this way where blessing can be ours. This is beautiful. And this is all in the Christmas story and Easter. This is Christianity. The symbolism is, is wonderful and deep. And my point is that we are blessed. And so it's a terrible thing to look at something that, that Christian fathers and Christian leaders over time have, have set into place with the help of the Holy Spirit, you know, to... to to set aside pagan cultures regarding a tree and replace it with something that's beautiful, which is the gospel, the Lord Jesus Christ. And so not only does the Lord Jesus Christ, you know, our God in heaven, you know, own and determine the meaning of the symbols, like tree, God decides what the symbol means, but attached to it in these different ways is such wonderful depth, you know, life and fruitfulness, but also the dealing with the curse of sin. It's a beautiful thing and a blessing that flows. It's a passage in Acts which says, you know, Peter was preaching to, to the, the Pharisees and those who were gathered around after, you know, the healing at the gate, beautiful. And he says, you know, the Lord Jesus Christ has given to you, you to bless you, that your heart would be able to turn from wickedness. The scripture says he's given to you. He's talking to the Jews. He's given to you first. That means it was also given to the Gentiles, as we see right here in this passage. Gentiles. Paul, this was talking to Galatians. Who were Gentiles, of course? Such a wonderful promise. We'll go to the end of the Bible. This is the last chapter of the Bible. Revelations 22, verses 1 to 3. It says, Then the 
the angel showed me the river of the water of life, bright as crystal flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb, through the middle of the street of the city also, on either side of the river, the tree of life. Think about that. So there's, there's a river, but on either side is the tree of life. Ooh, very interesting. With its 12 kinds of fruit yielding its fruit each month, and the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. No longer will there be anything accursed. But the throne of God and of the Lamb will be in it and his servants will worship him. So here we find a tree of life right there. And we can go a little bit more, a little bit later in the chapter. This is Jesus speaking. He says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Blessed are those who wash their robes, that they may have the right to the tree of life, that they may enter the city by the gates. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify to you about these things for the churches. I am the root and the descendant of David, the bright and morning star. And you see there, I'll put it in red because this is Jesus speaking. Jesus is saying, I am the root. Remember we were talking before about, you know, a, a root and a stump of Jesse and, and something growing out of it and it was prophesied and that was Christ. And here's Jesus putting his hand up and saying, yeah, that's me. But this is so wonderful in this little thing there. It says, blessed are those who wash their robes so they might have the right to the tree of life. And that we can enter the city by the gates. This is the gospel. So when you start to understand the scriptures and you think of a Christmas tree, oh, it's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing, such rich symbolism. Plus we could go into the colours that are choos chosen. You know, the tree's green. That's life. You know, we put red on it. It's the blood of Christ. We put gold tinsel on, you know, because he's a king. And it could go on more and more because there's so much symbolism over centuries that, that you know, Christian people, but you can find it in the scriptures as well that, that support it. It's, it's not controversial. It's beautiful. Let's think about this. Blessed are those who wash their robes, our garments white as snow, blood of Christ shed for us. He became a curse. Then it says, so that they may. So we're washed clean by faith. And it says, so we have the right to the tree of life. Remember in the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve, they were not allowed to go anywhere near that tree. There was a sword and an angel guarding it. They couldn't go in. But now, after what Christ has done, we have access to that tree. But even more than that, we are a part of the tree. Not only do we have access to it, not only do we get to gather around it, but we are gathered into it. Just think about that for a moment. There's a passage in Romans 10 and 11 you know, where it's talking about, you know, branches being grafted in. 
you know, the, the, it's still a tree, this time it's an olive tree. And it's talking about how unfruitful branches are cut off. It talks about how the nation of Israel is cut off in order that the Gentiles could be grafted back in. And some people get a little bit all wrapped up in the idea of, you know, the nation Israel, that there's something, you know, we won't go into that today. But the thing that you've got to remember when you read that particular passage in Romans 10 is that who's the root? It's Christ. Who's, who's the tree? That, that, that supply? It's Christ. And it was Israel as a nation was grafted in. And Israel as a nation was cut off. And the Gentiles are grafted in. And then it says of the the, the, the Jewish nation, they too could be grafted back in also. And so it's not saying that the Jewish nation is the thing that is of great importance, but rather Christ is the thing that is great importance. Because who is the root? It was never the Jewish nation. You can go through all of Scripture and you won't see that the Jewish nation was the root. It's always Christ always been Christ's plan and God's plan has always been for the Gentiles for all people, all mankind to come into his house well actually to become part of the tree and so for me when I look at a Christmas tree when I look at a Christmas tree, I'll go back to the start so we can actually see a Christmas tree, there you go Even though it's only a, yes, a light, a Christmas tree made of light. When I look at a Christmas tree, I see Christ. And I want us all to be encouraged that we, because of what Christ has done for us, not only do we get to gather around it, but we are actually part of it. And that passage we read in Revelation is beautiful. It's talking about the river of life. Some people think, oh, this is something right into the future. You know, some future kingdom. But no. No, it's, it's now. When you read that passage in, in Revelation, it's talking about nations. This is a, this is a context on earth in time. A little bit later on, it, 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 the actual passage talks about, you know, says, you know, he says, don't seal up this message, but release it, for the time is very soon. That message was for those people in that day. And it's beautiful. These promises are beautiful. They apply to us, the blood of Christ, our lives. We, as his people, grafted into him grafted into Christ, into the root. And so, that means that if we are attached to Christ, and he is that root and that central supplying, you know, your trunk if you like, Jesus uses the language, I am the vine, you are the branches. Now we're talking about a grapevine. It's a different type of tree. You know, scriptures are full of this type of symbol, the tree of life, you know, 
olive trees, grapevines, because they were good, good illustrations. But we are joined into that. And so that means that if we have any issue in our own lives and in our own families, we can look to the supply, look to the source. It also means that we're meant to be fruitful. But remember, our Lord Jesus Christ, who, who, who tends us and prunes us, he will dig around us and fertilise us. He's, he's, he's patient and he's kind. If he sees a willingness in your heart or in our hearts to, you know, to want to produce fruit, then the Bible says, you know, that a bruised reed, he does not snuff off break off or a smouldering wick he doesn't snuff out the Lord will help us in another place talks of the Lord Jesus Christ seated in heavenly places he intercedes for us because he's a man he's a man he knows what it's like to be a man in a fallen world and so he, he prays from a point of understanding and the Lord hears his prayers so I'm asking the Lord, you know, for myself for grace. And I'm asking, and, and together, we'll lift our hearts up towards the Lord in faith. You know, we can receive from Him, just as branches receive from the root. We can receive from Christ. And so there is a grace here today. And although, you know, one of the things I wanted to do today was to, to say very clearly, you know, that that which some have said in this town and agreed, you know, that regarding a Christmas tree, you know, falsely making some false declarations regarding Christ and regarding who he is. I wanted to refute, refute that from scripture because Jesus owns the symbols. And in the scripture, which predate anything that the enemy twisted it to become. The truth is, it predates it. God established it. And so I declare that truth. So all those false words I cut off in Jesus' name, they will no longer hinder this town or hinder, you know, the fellowship of Christian people in this town. But more than that, Jesus... We're a part of him. Right there in that little subheading, gathered into the tree. That's what Jesus has done. It's not like as if we're just around. No, we're actually a part of it. This whole thing. There's another illustration that you'll find from the Bible concerning a tree. One of the parables of Christ concerning the kingdom. What does it say? The smallest seed planted in the garden, that of the mustard tree. It would grow and become the largest plant in the garden. And that's what the church is. And we are a part of that, his kingdom. And so we can receive blessing. And I'm believing for Mount Morgan. But I want to encourage you today, just with regard to any issue in your own heart that might cause an ache anything that when you think of it you go oh
You know, we're, we're, we're a part of the tree. The Lord Jesus Christ is our source and supply. So let's join together in prayer. Father, I thank you that you sent your son, the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank you that it was prophesied well in advance and this prophecy, this word that came from your heart has been fulfilled. The Lord Jesus Christ became flesh, dwelled amongst us. And when he walked there, John the Baptist said, oh, behold, the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. That is you. Thank you, Lord Jesus. You are our life, our source, our supply. We worship you. So, Lord, we lift up to you, Lord, our own hearts. And I lift up to you, Mount Morgan, Lord, as a town and a region. You are our supply. You are the answer. Lord, concerning, Lord, any issue in our own hearts, in our own families, in our lives, Lord, any, any hurt, any pain, anything that's unresolved, any frustration, Lord, would you speak into them? Thank you for your Holy Spirit. So together, just let's just spend a little bit of time and just receive from the Lord. Father, we receive from you. Thank you, Jesus. You know, a tree... I've never been a tree, so I wouldn't know, but but it doesn't look like as if they do a lot of work. You know, but they, they grow and they, they put out these leaves and they receive, they receive energy from the sun and they receive something from the ground, moisture and nutrients. And the chemical reactions happen and they grow and produce fruit. And we as individuals... We do need to receive, you know, from the atmosphere, from the Holy Spirit. We need to bring stuff into ourselves and from that which comes from the root, which is Christ. It's all Christ. And we're meant to grow and produce fruit. And um, you don't sort of see trees sort of well, they just do it. And there's, there's much of, in terms of positioning, where that's the same with the Christian walk. You know, receiving from the Lord. You know, like, there's lots of ways we receive. We read the word, we fellowship. We quieten ourselves, sometimes just being silent and listening. Very important sort of like a tree just out there in the sun soaking it in and if we can quieten our hearts you know like sitting under the sun with the light of Christ soak him in reading the word Christian fellowship time in prayer silence before him 
It will have an effect. It will combine. Yet we don't necessarily understand how it works. But we can understand a bit, just like a tree. You know, we, we can study trees. We sort of know how they grow, but we don't really know. And so there has to be that faith element in our walk with Christ. But the thing about people, think about us, it's different from trees. Trees don't really get to choose where they're planted, but we do. We get to choose, you know, if we're going to park ourselves in the shade away from the, the light of Christ. We get to choose whether or not to open up the scriptures. We get to choose whether or not to fellowship. We get to choose, you know, whether or not we're going to sort of step out into a place where we can shine a light and be salt, you know, and, and bear fruit for the kingdom. But we still need to be in that place where we can receive. And it happens. It just plain happens. When we don't necessarily have to understand how it works. We receive from Christ. We receive from the blessings, the means of grace that he gives to us. And we produce fruit. And it is up to us to position ourselves in a place where we can receive light. And sometimes the Lord asks us to put, asks us to do things that seem difficult, like a tree planted, you know, on the side of some wind-swept cliff, wind-swept cliff, you know, near the ocean. You look at those trees and they're, they're really strong and they've bent over. You go and try and pull one out. The timber, so strong. It's because of their environment. Sometimes in our lives, you know, the Lord asks us and we find ourselves in places. The Lord puts us in places. And that's the purpose, to make us so we're strong. So we can bear fruit because God has a purpose for us. Amen.